0: And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul sent him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and was also in the sight of Saul's servants. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments, And the women sang to one another as they celebrated, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. This is the word of the Lord.
1: The film Amadeus opens in an 18th century insane asylum. The composer Salieri, an old man now, is giving his confession to a young priest. Salieri begins by reminiscing about his youth when he was a devout and respected musician in Vienna whose main goal was to serve God with his music. One day a young man came into town, Salieri said, named Mozart, And Salieri quickly realized that Mozart was a genius with God-given abilities that he could never hope to possess. And Mozart soon becomes the darling of Vienna, a rising star. Salieri becomes insanely jealous as his reputation fades and Mozart becomes ever more popular. And eventually... Salieri is so obsessed with jealousy that he plots the death of Mozart. Saul finds himself in a similar situation in this story. We've come to know him as an insecure, egotistical man ruled by fear. Twice he has made terrible mistakes. The anointing over his leadership has been withdrawn. His powers are fading. He is not as popular as he once was. And now a dynamic, attractive young leader has come onto the scene and captured the hearts of the people. And his name is David. David. David first meets Saul after a great victory against the Philistine giant, Goliath. And at the end of chapter 17, David essentially hands Goliath's head on a platter to Saul. Saul is impressed, invites him to become a member of his court. And while he's in his court, young David, the warrior, meets Saul's son, Jonathan. And they become past friends even though it would make sense for jonathan to be very jealous of david because jonathan is the heir to the throne jonathan is supposed to be the rising hero of israel but it's david well one day saul and david are returning from a victory over the philistines to the north Uh, You might imagine the scene, uh, probably a very narrow uh, country road. They would probably be riding on donkeys or horses with an army of several hundred behind them going through the villages. And as they come to the villages, uh, a kind of ticker tape parade uh, breaks out. And this would have been a common thing in in those days. And the women would come out and sing and dance and break into song. And this time they break into song and they they are celebrating because their enemy, who was just 60 miles to the north, is... Is uh, pushed back for another day and now they can be safe and go about their life and so they celebrate and they say Saul has killed thousands and David ten thousands now they're not trying to insult the king the the king wasn't on the front lines of the battlefield, the king was the commander Uh, David was the warrior there was enough war glory to go around but Saul took it very personally. It makes him angry. He he broods over it. The words just kind of roll around in his brain. Saul, thousand. David, ten thousand. And he just has that going through his head. Then he... Finally, he says, well, what more can he have but the kingdom? And the text says that from that day on, he he eyed David with suspicion and jealousy. And this jealousy, unchecked, will eventually destroy him. Jealousy is the anger we all feel when others get what we want. It's the frustration we experience when When God just seems to be blessing you, but not me. And it's manifested in many different ways. Uh, A woman resents her sister for 70 years. Her daughter asks, why do you treat your sister that way? And the woman tells a story about how in their childhood, the mother always favored her sister more than her. A gifted writer refuses to finish a book because he's jealous of others who have and have been acclaimed. A young man scrapes away at a job he doesn't like. His best friend has has found a calling that he thrives in and flourishes and finds affirmation and blessing. And he wants to be happy for him, but he finds himself resenting his best friend. A mother who chose to stay home with her children for, for, for the, her 30s and 40s looks on Facebook at her friends that pursued careers and wonders what would have happened to her if she'd have gone into business. A mother who pursued a career and did very well nonetheless regrets the hours she lost with her kids. And she looks on Facebook at the mother who posts pictures of birthday parties and things like that and is jealous of the mom who stayed home. We can be jealous of another couple's marriage. We can be at a party and and watch how a couple relates, maybe after a rough spot in our own marriage. And we can go home thinking, you know, I wish we had what they had. We can be jealous of another couple's kids. Gosh, did you see how well behaved they were at that party? <laughs> Whether their kids just go for it? Or parents? Can you believe how much their parents helped them out? I would give anything for parents that would watch our kids during vacation. We can even be jealous of ourselves. We can be jealous of the person that I used to be. We can be jealous of the person I could have been, but am not. A wise young person in our congregation pointed out to me that jealousy has always been a struggle, but she said, you know, social media fuels jealousy. I said, well, explain that. And she said, well, comparison is the thief of joy. And she pointed out that social media is essentially all about comparison. It used to be Valentine's Day comes, and you may know what Fred and Barney and Ralph did for Valentine's Day. But now, you know what a hundred people did for Valentine's Day. And you get to rank yourself and see what your guy came up with. I've known men who postponed their engagement because they didn't feel they had a YouTube-worthy plan. Now it's not enough just to get a ring. You have to have something that goes viral. Social media fuels comparison. And comparison fuels jealousy. And jealousy destroys. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the harp, as he did day by day. As Mozart becomes more and more established, Salieri becomes more and more obsessed with jealousy, and eventually it it drives him mad. Saul is on a similar path. His jealousy is creating tremendous emotional and mental anguish for him. You can just see it building up in him. It's, It's driving him nuts. And then I don't know really how to explain the phrase, a harmful spirit from God. Uh, perhaps that it's the Bible's way of saying that you will be allowed to go to dark places that you choose to go to and experience and taste their consequences maybe that's what it means maybe that's what it means maybe it means God won't deal with the issues of your heart for you and if you decide that you want to nurse jealousy and, and suck on jealousy, and feed jealousy, and harbor jealousy. You will be allowed to do that. And it will lead you where you don't want to go. Saul had a spear in his hand, and Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I'll pin David to the wall, and David evaded him twice. That's where jealousy ultimately goes. It turns into bitterness and anger and frustration, or it's fed by that, and it can erupt in violence. In, in, in violence. Uh, Sally Harry, at the end of his life, is so obsessed with Mozart that he develops this, and this is a true story, it's not just a film, this odd uh, 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 way of killing him. And he approaches Mozart, who at the moment was in a low point, and he wears this death mask. And so Mozart doesn't know it's Salieri. And he, he persuades Mozart to, to, to create a requiem. And he knows that Mozart has another job on the side and that if he pushes him just hard enough, it will destroy him. And ultimately, it will be Mozart's requiem. Jealousy unchecked can not only destroy you, but it can destroy the person that you're jealous of. You know, most of us don't hurl real spears at each other, but, but often we will let loose verbal weapons. And one of the ways that you can tell that you're becoming jealous, and by the way, I find that, that this is one of the sins of the heart that it's not always easy to identify. We might know that we're angry We not understand that we're jealous beneath it. And so one of the ways that you can determine it is by what's happening in your language. And what happens is we begin to throw spears of sarcasm and jokes and passive-aggressive barbs that kind of seep out because we're jealous. You're driving home from the dinner party One of the couples is celebrating that they're buying a new house and they acknowledge that their parents have given them a down payment and you are just struggling to make rent. Wish our parents gave us a down payment. It must be rough. You never catch my husband helping like that must be nice to take a vacation like they do. And sometimes we make sweeping generalizations and assumptions about people we don't even know, and, and at the root of it is jealousy. The other night I was at a party with a lot of wealthy people, and um, I don't feel comfortable at those parties. And uh, we had to wear you know, one of those penguin suit things, and uh, I just felt very uncomfortable all, all night. And I found myself thinking things like, these people like to show off their money. or This is all so shallow. But as I thought about it, I realized, one, the people I did know there weren't like that. Two, I didn't know the other people, so why would I judge them? And I realized that when I'm in a room when people bid $9,000 for an Italian dinner at Bruce Pearl's house, I feel insecure. And my insecurity was coming out and jealousy cloaked as barbarous thoughts. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but it departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander. Eventually, that's what happens if we don't let go of our jealousy, eventually you'll have to remove yourself from their presence. Eventually, relationship will have to be cut off. You won't be able to sustain it. A a friend told me this week a a story that illustrates that. She wrote, A young man joined the staff at the church we used to attend. He was charismatic by nature and passionate. He didn't preach so much as he told stories, and people found themselves and God in the stories he told. The college ministry he started grew by leaps and bounds. And not only that, but older people started coming to the college services, leaving the adult ministry a little lacking in attendance. This made several people in the church question him, as well as his motives and dissension started among the leadership. People were threatened by him and by his popularity. Their insecurity and fear morphed into jealousy, and it got ugly, and he left. Soon after, several people left as well. And this is not an uncommon story. I sometimes wonder where the church would be today if the leadership had embraced and infirmed the giftedness of that young pastor to reach people otherwise unreached. Jealousy destroys relationships. It'll destroy your relationship with your siblings. It'll destroy the relationships with your business partners. It'll destroy the relationships with the people on your team. And it's so different from the Trinity. You remember in the fall how we talked about how the Trinity related? It's the exact opposite of jealousy. It's freely submitting. It's Jesus, Philippians 2, laying down his life, not grasping to the perks of deity so that he could fulfill the mission of God. It's about celebrating the other and yielding to the other and rejoicing in the other. Jealousy is the opposite. Jealousy is about me. Jealousy is about my ego and my fears and my unmet needs and my disappointment with my life. When you are jealous, I submit to you, it almost always relates back to disappointment you have about your life. Has jealousy hurt your relationships? Well, don't reject the idea too quickly because it can be masked by other symptoms. Saul withdraws from David. He's angry towards David, but the root of the withdrawal and the anger is, is jealousy. Next Wednesday, not this one, but next one we start Lent, Ash Wednesday. And you might think back to Ash Wednesday a year ago. Is there a relationship in your life since last Ash Wednesday that you have pulled away from where you clearly are not as close with that person as you were a year ago? And what I want to ask you is why. Now, I understand there are times for strategic withdrawal. There are times when the Spirit leads you to create boundaries. I get all that. But, But I want to ask you, is the reason... That you are not as close to that person as you were a year ago. Jealousy. That you are disappointed with your life. They are flourishing in theirs. They have the life you wanted to live. It ticks you off and you can't stand being around them. And David had success in all his undertakings. The Lord was with him. And Saul saw that he had great success. Saul stood in fearful awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. So David continues to thrive. Saul continues to nurse his jealousy. David will actually experience Saul's wrath four more times. He'll be tried to kill him. Saul will self-destruct. Which leads us to a question. If we diagnose the problem accurately, if jealousy destroys, if jealousy is anger and frustration and mental and emotional turmoil that I experience because I don't like what's happening in my life and I wish what was happening in yours was happening to me, if that destroys me what can I possibly do about it well Jonathan I think provides a good example uh, of someone who who has every reason to be jealous but but is not and and we don't have a lot in the text about his inner life but we can we can make some observations uh, maybe some educated guesses And and the first thing I'd I'd suggest is, is that from everything we know about Jonathan is that Jonathan trusts God. He appears to be at peace with who he is, and where he fits in God's plan. He seems centered and secure. He's not grasping for his rights. His identity seems solid. And so, as he sees someone take off, even as his own career maybe tapers off, It doesn't threaten him. He is able to to say, you know, I see what God is doing in your life, David. I see actually that you're going to take my role and I'm going to come under you and support you. That's what taking off the the, the sword and, and giving it to him, that was a way of saying, I acknowledge that you actually are going to be the next king of Israel. He's comfortable in who he is. But but Saul has never learned to trust God with his life. Saul builds monuments to himself. He's not centered in God's love and purposes. He's insecure. He doesn't trust God. Beloved, insecurity is the root of jealousy. Jealousy does not just happen. It just doesn't drop out of the sky jealousy is a warning light on the dashboard of your life that says look under the hood look under the hood and you will find that you are not secure in God's love and you are not trusting his lordship over your life the response to jealousy after an inward look is repentance it's a prayer of repentance that might say God, I've realized my issue with Tom is not with with Tom, but it's, it's with you. I'm not trusting you, Lord. I'm not content in you. I'm not grateful for the gifts you've given me. I'm not secure in you. I'm disappointed in my life, and I'm angry with you because, God, you always bless Tom, and you don't bless me. Look at what you've given him. Look at how much I've suffered. That's why I'm mad at you, Lord. I confess that. The pathway out of jealousy is repentance. Now, another thing we don't know, but what we can guess is that David and Jonathan have been thrown together and, and it appears that they become very intimate friends. And, and so perhaps at this point, they have already started to get to know each other. And, and, and we, didn't cover, we didn't preach on this, but David has already been anointed privately and he knows this is this is destiny and Jonathan knows it too and and maybe while they're walking home from battle one night David has talked about the the, the, the stress he feels uh, the, the the weakness he feels uh, the fear he feels about embracing his calling and and, and maybe Jonathan has come to understand David see One of the things that will erode jealousy is turning our chairs. Is moving away from the fantasy of what you think their life is like and really getting in their shoes and understanding what their life is really like. And when you do that, you realize they have got as many problems as you do. I have a friend uh, for many years and for a period of about eight to ten years I really struggled with jealousy of him. Uh, he just seemed so good at everything. He, he runs a large company and he just does it so well and he, he manages complexity in an incredible way and he gets criticism and it just rolls off his back. and. And there have been times I've just said, Lord, can I have some of that? Why did you give that all to him? And part of the, the healing has been my own repentance over my insecurity. But part of it is, over the years, I've gotten to know him, and I wouldn't take his life for anything. He's got problems I'd never want to have. So one of the things that can help remove jealousy... See, we all have these fantasies about one another. And maybe you go to the dinner party, and that couple, they're kind of cuddling a little bit, and you just had a fight coming in, and they're laughing, and you just say, I wish we were more like that. Why can't we have a marriage like that? Well, they they, they might have a fight on the way home. You don't know. Let's not romanticize and fantasize about the perfect spouse she she has or singles about gosh so jealous of the married couples and the married couples going man I wish I was single again (laughs) you know and the the young people thinking "God, I wish I was older and had some security and the older people were thinking "God, I wish I was younger and had some hair or whatever it is (laughs) we all fantasize and it's it's not true now, before we leave Saul, I just wanted to add one thing to those of us who are in the second half of our life. Uh, so you young folks can just tune me out for a little bit here. Um, I, I, can, I think we could read this story as a parable about aging. Because sooner or later, we're all Saul. Saul. I mean, maybe not in the sense of not walking with the Lord, but in the sense that when you get older, you inevitably come to a place, whether it's 58 or 88, when your powers start to fade, uh, your energy starts to diminish, your capacity starts to weaken, uh, you can't figure out how to work the software, um, and inevitably... David comes, either in your church or your business or, or, or uh, wherever it is, and he is good-looking, and he has cool glasses, and he can tweet and twerk and bit and boop and whatever it is that they <laughs> invent. And you can tell when you're in a room you know, you, you. I have a boop app, and so I'm gonna. You, you, you can tell that when he speaks, everybody listens, and when you speak, not so much. So it seems to me that all of us have a choice at that point. We can respond out of ego and fear, and become angry with the David. Uh, Try not to let the David get too much power. We can send endless op-ed pieces to our other old friends about this generation and how goofed up they are. Or... And to me, this is the tremendous challenge and beauty of aging well. Or, we can do it, Jonathan, we can step back and say, you know what? I think you're going up, and I'm going down. And I'm going to do everything I can to give you my robe. Isn't that the beauty of old age? There's a lot of things that terrify me about age and will. I I had to buy some black shoes for this party the other night. You know, I have a warped mind, and one of the first thoughts I said was, I wonder if I'll be buried in these. (laughs) I did, because I I spit a lot on them, and I thought, I'm not buying any more black shoes. And I thought... (laughs) I bet I'm gonna be buried in these suckers. I was kind of am wandering around the stork, you know, looking like that. There's so many things I'm terrified about with aging. To, to me, about the only good thing is the power that a spiritual mother or a spiritual father can have to let go, to release, to step back and say, "Go, young man. Go, young woman." but it's so hard to do. Young people, now you can tune back in. When, because you've got to understand, when I say to you, young man, go, when I realize you actually are more gifted than I am, when I realize you actually do have more energy than I do, and when I realize that next year you'll be stronger, and next year I'll be weaker, when I step in and say go and bless you, I am acknowledging my own requiem. There's a little dying that happens in that. At the end of Amadeus, Salieri confesses. He's gone all night into the morning. And he tells about the end of the story and about how Mozart, exhausted and sick, actually dies and is buried in a pauper's grave. Salieri's jealousy has been spent, but it doesn't satisfy him. He goes insane. And the film ends with Salieri declaring himself the patron saint of mediocrity as the voice of Mozart laughs in the background. Jealousy, my friend, destroys. Let's pray.